0: Welcome everyone back to From the Bridge. I'm your host and Captain Rick Jones of Fishbait Solutions. And I am so glad to be back with you for season number three. Lots has changed since our last podcast as the pandemic is now fully in retreat and a majority of Americans have had the vaccine and it looks like herd immunity may be just around the corner. Since this is season three, we are building our content this season around three elements. Number one, learning from the past by bringing in some experienced event marketers to discuss their careers and what they learned along the way. Number two, projecting on the future, featuring some up-and-coming talent doing some amazing and innovative things today. And number three... A focus on very much living in the present. COVID-19 did so much to make us realize that every single day matters. I've often told my listeners my admiration for the late, great coach, John Wooden. Coach talked about what he called the precious present, and I never really understood it until COVID hit, and I was forced not to plan for the future because we simply did not know what the future was gonna bring. So I had to focus each and every single day on today. What I could accomplish today, whom I could help today, how could I reassure our staff today? Today was all that mattered, and I now realize that has always been that way, but I was too preoccupied with looking into the future that I forgot about today, the precious present. As I said, this season, we'll look back to learn from some of the giants of our industry. We'll also bring on some young guest anglers who are making real changes in how we act, how we market, and how we activate. But we're going to be really intentional about the present and what we can all do to improve our lives, our jobs, our families, and our world, because if it's to be, it's up to me and to you to live our lives fully in the precious present. And that means today. Hopefully each week we'll give you some nugget of information that you can use right now to improve your business and improve your life. Speaking of the present, I greatly appreciate each and all of you for listening each week to From the Bridge. And I hope you find this season is one that will add value to you to your career and to your life. In season three, we'll continue to pontificate from up on the soapbox, and to tell you some great places to eat now that we are finally back on the road. It's late spring in Charleston, the weather is perfect, and the tide just right to cast off with season three of From the Bridge. We ended season two of From the Bridge with a special bonus edition in January with an interview with Fishbait's new CEO, Rob Temple. If you have not listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it soon. Today, in focusing on the precious present, we're bringing Rob back to talk about what he's learned the past five months and where he's taking Fishbait today. Let's welcome Rob Temple back to the bridge Rob welcome back to the bridge
1: Thanks Rick good to be back again
0: Well after 18 years at ESPN you had big changes in 2021 how have you found it so far
1: It's been great <clears throat> it's been a um, it's been a blur it's gone by really quickly but it was all the more fun just working with the wonderful team that you and Ron have put together and working with you two in particular and and just having such a great reception from current and new clients and relationships and and being able to maintain you know great relationships with folks from ESPN and Disney it's just been it's just been terrific and honestly it's been great being home as well working out of here to negotiate deals for ESPN for eight or nine months helped the transition. And so once I moved into this role, it just made it all the, all the easier. And, uh, and it's been great so far. It's been fantastic.
0: You know, not everybody I think can function in a, in an independent world where you're not going to an office and you're not. You know, having a to do list that somebody hands to you and all that, but that's just not our model. And so, I think really the the year, the pandemic year that you spent not having to be in an office in New York or Bristol, I think you were like, I can do this. This this is this is good.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and and honestly, my whole background at ESPN always felt unwired. You know, ESPN for eighteen years was was on twenty four seven. So you you were always in touch with your clients via email or notes or calls or cause the business never stopped. And so I've, you know, I feel like this is sort of a continuance of that. But the nice thing for me is I get back, you know, I've gotten back 15 hours a week of commuting and time with my family and time to focus on our business with the agency. And that's been wonderful.
0: What surprised you as, as being running the show now?
1: Yeah, I think the um, I think what's surprising is just the freedom. You know, I, I've used the word with a lot of other former ESPN folks or Disney folks. Um, the, the word is uh, liberating and it's not a it's not meant to be a negative against working at ESPN or Disney. It's it's been, it was a wonderful company to work for for so long, but there was so much um, intense focus on the core portfolio and the people and what you had to do day to day to get that job done. This, what surprised me about this is just how liberating it is and how fluid it is to, to talk to a, you know, a rights holder one minute and then pivot to a brand and then go to a new technology company or a startup company or a new sport league or you know, whatever, whatever the variety we have our verticals that we're focused on, but because of the combination of relationships that we bring between the partners and the rest of the terrific team we have, it's just, it's just intellectually really stimulating and exciting. When you spend, you know, 12, 18, 24 months negotiating a deal with one rights holder, (laughs) it it can be a grind or working on one specific, you know, property and schedule and everything else. um, Even though there's a lot of variety to it, it's, it's very liberating and very, stimulating to work across so many different, you know, clients and properties and and ideas that you can,
0: you can help bring to life. i tell everybody our agency is the anecdote for boredom. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have a bored life. Just come work here. We can, we, we can cure that. I mean, in a hurry because you're going to, you're, you're going to have to juggle lots of balls. It, yeah. It's
1: funny. I, I take the opposite approach sometimes and people say, well, what do you want to do when you, uh, retire, and I just say well I, I it's hard to imagine ever doing that, but i I mainly just want to be bored because <laughs> because i'm never I'm never bored i'm I'm always working on something and focused on something, and it is a lot of fun when you're able to do that with great people that you've known for a long time or even the ones you've gotten to know on and you're working with great people on great things on really exciting
0: ideas it it doesn't get much better than that, really. Well, you can appreciate this because you you know her so well. But when when Charlotte and I got married, I made her three promises. I, <clears throat> I promised her number one, I'd always love her. Number two, I'd rub her back every night. And number three, she would never be bored. And and she has begged me to take the third one back. Uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> and I just say, no, darling. A promise is a promise. I'm sorry. You're 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 just going to have to live with that. Coming out of you know, obviously you come in in January. We're coming out of the pandemic, but we're still in the pandemic. Um, uh, But now we're beginning to see the marketplace a little clearer. What 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 are you seeing right now in the marketplace?
1: Well, I'm I'm really thrilled that the conversations we had and the insights that that I think I was able to bring and get alignment with you and Ron on the agency's focus have been have borne out to be pretty true. Um, the the opportunities in the marketing space, the consul- consulting space, and the venture space that we've been sort of tackling has been really productive. And I think the marketplace needs um, people that can help them unlock new revenue, unlock value, think strategically, bring a, an understanding of everything from, you know, activation to the evolving media landscape to intellectual property rights to new sort of creative solutions and and financing and technology that can fit into things. And they're pretty receptive. You know, I think the pandemic has been an enormous distraction. It's almost put everybody on, if you will, sort of a war footing in a way because they've had to kind of we uh, look at everything and hunker down and deal with sort of triage emergency issues, but they're starting to come out of it and they've been very receptive to, to ways to help them come out of it. And and I think the momentum we've been seeing, the the willingness to, you know, take meetings, to build ideas, to make commitments, to put firm timelines has been has been exciting. I, I think the key thing is um uh, business is coming back, fans are coming back, but it's going to be different. And, and everyone's trying to figure out what their new trajectory is and how it's going to be different and how to take advantage of that difference, um, both to, to reduce any risk that they have going forward, but also, um, opportunities. And, uh, and it's, and it's a very fast moving environment. And that's really the, the tipping point where we're, we're of seeing this month and, and I think next month this summer is the tipping point of the of the decision making uh, as things come back online in terms of events and games and
0: and and fans and business. Well, speaking of opportunities, you've you've worked pretty much your entire career in the sports space. I think you found that our unique assets in country music a uh, 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 really interesting uh talk a little bit about about how you found that industry
1: yeah i just have had so much fun i mean i love that space and uh I, and i couldn't have a better introduction into it than working with with ron cook and um and with the great relationships that he's built over his career particularly in nashville but i i look at country music and and frankly the music space and i've always been intrigued with you know i've worked on the Original Big and Rich deal as the opener for Game Day. That's been iconic. I, I work with record labels and others on a lot of music integrations and concerts and events. You know, particularly around college football. And what I've noticed about you know the music industry and the country music space is they're they're often artist led, and um, and they often don't align uh, together to build concepts and franchises and, and more value that are good for the, um, for the industry. And that, that creates an opportunity. And I think the ability to build trusted relationships and to stitch together solutions that we're starting to find with clients. And, and that's everything from bringing country music together with college football, which we've got some really exciting things we're doing there that'll hit this fall, this summer and this fall that we're excited about. But also bringing brands into country music in new and innovative ways. I, I think the ability for them to trust and to see us as partners to find new, you know, ways to create media exposure to, you know, leverage their audit artists to bring brands into the space has been really exciting. Just the the family nature of it, the trust, the relationships, the quality, the storytelling is, um, you know, probably one of the areas I've been most excited about in terms of you know, where we can help, you know, build value and create opportunity for brands and for other,
0: other properties. Well, we saw in the pandemic that the number one genre of music that was downloaded was country music. And I think it was that people rediscovered that a, uh, in many cases, there are lyrics your children can actually listen to. Um, What, what, I think one of the famous songwriters said, you know, country music was three chords in the truth. And um, you know, it's, it's, it is all about stories and, and telling those stories. But I, I, I do find country music was kind of a a metaphor for an entire pivot in maybe in our country where we went back to looking at traditional values. Uh, you know, we laughingly said nobody could buy yeast because everybody was home baking bread and making pies and, you know, camping out in the backyard and, and, and listening to country music. But I think now it appears that we're ready to get back out. And I, I think the concert business is going to be bigger than ever.
1: Yeah, I I think so too. And I, and I, and I'm really curious to see how, how people's behaviors change. I, I agree with you. I think they've all kind of pulled into trusted relationships with families, with healthcare, with brands, with delivery services, with restaurants, with places they go and trust. And I, and I think because of the pandemic, that dynamic, um, had both good and bad benefits, you know, for brands that either were part of that trust or brands that were outside of that trust properties that were part of that trust or outside country music, I think was part of that trust that had people had with fans and they benefit from moving more digitally and streaming and international as well. So I think there was a combination of things that benefited country music because it's a trusted, um, you know, genre of content with great storytelling and great brands, great artists. And people kind of went back to that uh, or discovered it for the first time or or both. And I think that's been good. So what what happens now is going to be fascinating. How, how do people expand that sphere of trust that they've created, uh, that they've, they've sort of hunkered down into during the pandemic? What do they go out and see? Is it more drive distance versus travel? Are people going to be as adventuresome internationally as they might've been before the pandemic, or are they going to stay closer to home for vacations, for entertainment, for concerts, for football games, for tourism, for dining choices, other things. I think there's a lot of um, local and regional discovery that's going to go on for a while uh, post pandemic as people slowly adjust their sphere of trust um, with brands, properties, events, you know, things that they're willing to take their family and, and their loved ones to, you know, considering everything that went
0: on the last couple of years. Well, you and Chris Welton were very instrumental in us winning the first assignment we got from the American Battlefield Trust with the Liberty Trail. And and that has now led to an entire division called our American Heritage Division. Talk, talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, it's just an area that, you know, my wife Betty and I just love that space. Um, You know, having family members that served in the military and a dad who, you know, flew 30 plus missions over Europe in a B-17 during World War II, I've just always felt a debt to those who've served and or paid the ultimate, you know, sacrifice um, for the country. And and when when I began volunteering um, with the American Battlefield Trust seven or eight years ago, I just fell in love with their their mission, the people they do such an extraordinary job um, getting bipartisan support from state and federal legislatures to do wonderful things and then and then match you know the the support that they get from the bipartisan legislation at, at, at the state and federal governments with individual donors and foundations and others. and we've added a a new dimension for them, which is Sponsorship architecture and a way for brands to associate with their mission, which really spans, you know, from the Revolutionary War, you know, uh, the War of eighteen twelve, um, Civil War, and 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 it's all designed around uh, conserving, you know, our natural resources and our heritage sites that happen to be hallowed ground now, uh, where people paid the ultimate sacrifice and and where there's so many lessons to learn for the people of today. So. Uh, so what they do in preserving the land and restoring it into sort of battlefield condition, and in and in telling stories um, to uh, those interested, and and particularly to the next generation, the children and others, is, is a wonderful part of the American fabric. And so they 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 get all the credit because they they do a wonderful job, and it's been really an honor to um, try to help them and unlock uh, a new way for them to discover ways to market their mission and and to, you know, of course, generate revenue, but really expand their sphere of trust from individuals and bipartisan support of state and federal legislatures to corporations who might have an alignment in resources, con- conservation, um, storytelling, education, inspiration, those sort of things. So it's, it's one that we're really, really excited about. I think we have, you know, has a world of potential with the 250th anniversary of the country coming up in 2026 20, and the federal celebration and state celebration around that i think i think all those things coming together offer an interesting swim lane for some brands to participate in if they're not involved in the olympics of 28 or they're not involved in the world cup in 26 or 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 this fits their interest of of uh, of their company their brand their employees it's something we're pretty excited about
0: this is the first episode of our third season of From the Bridge, and, and today our theme is Coach Wooden's statement about the precious present and about making every day your masterpiece. Talk about some lessons in, that you you practice in daily preparation and, and actions to get the most out of every day.
1: You know, it's funny, it's um, one of the most basic things is just to be, you know, true to who you are. I mean, I never go a day without thinking about how fortunate I am to have had the parents that I had, and the lessons that I learned growing up, and uh, the family that I have, and um, and 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 where we live, and all the benefits that we get from this this great country and the people that I'm associated with. But it goes to the core of staying true to who you are, and and building your brand, and building trust, and managing the relationships that you have, you know, carefully. Um, because that, that always comes back to you. And that's every day. It's how you respond to things. It's how you, how you write notes to people. It's how you follow up, it's how you make commitments. It's what, it's doing what you say you'll do. It's being honest and transparent with people. Um, and for me, it's, it's about, you know, constant list. I'm constantly putting lists in front of me and, going through highlighters and prioritizing and staying, trying to stay focused and trying to make sure I'm moving things off that list, um, and serving the people that I work with and for, I've never, every, every group I've ever taken, you know, been involved in or had any leadership role. Um, I've always, one of the first things I've said to them is, you know, I work for you all. And, uh, and I really do believe that I've always had sort of a servant's heart, whether it's in my my family, teases me because I'm always, you know, doing things like blowing off the front and back ports, getting the place ready, taking care of the place, doing the little things, checking on things, just keeping things running because I feel like I, you know, am trying to work in support of my family, my my wife who has a busy job, um, the people I work with, the clients that we take on. That's, for me, that's a really big part of it is just being true to yourself and and doing that one small, um, task at a time to make sure that, you know, that you're building trust in every relationship that you create.
0: Well, I think a couple of key words that came out were number one, thankfulness. You know, when you get up every day with this idea of, of all the things that you're thankful for in your life, it grounds you, I think. And then secondly, the word service, um, you know, an agency in essence we're in the service business. I mean, that's what we do. I, you know, a lot of times our, some of our young staff will complain about, you know, the client not doing this or that, and, I, and I'll remind them, you know, if the patient's not sick, they don't need the doctor. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, we'd be thankful for that. Be thankful that they have some flaws, because that's yeah. what we do. <laughs>
1: well, and when, when you and I first met, we were both with um, sports marketing agencies, and I think that was one of the best lessons I had in business besides, you know, being raised with those values, but in business, working for a small agency really taught me the value of service and, and, and how to, how to manage those issues and how to deal with clients. And I brought that to ESPN after working in Australia and coming to ESPN. And the goal that I had there was to build a team of people initially on college sports and then more broadly with ESPN sports marketing. And, and now they're what they have is the sports brand solutions group. And the DNA of that group was one of service. And I, I think whether it's, you know, the activation team that handles things on sites for clients or the media integrations group or the properties team, everything they have there, I think clients and agencies over the years have really valued that approach. And I think that legacy still lives on just because of the quality of people that we hired and trained and developed. They're, they're all, really talented and trusted by the company trusted by the properties and the brands that they represent. And, and that was a big part of, you know, what I left there, uh, as an annuity, so to speak in quality people. And I, I feel the same way here. I'm just benefiting from you and Ron having, you know, built a wonderful team and so many great relationships. And I'm just trying to find the right way to complement and enhance,
0: Well, I think this journey that you're on is very interesting for our listeners. You know, we had you on the very first week when you started as the CEO of Fishbait Solutions. Now we've brought you back six months in. And what I'd like to do is bring you back at the end of the uh, podcast season in December to see how things are moving and what you learned during this period. So um, I can't thank you enough for being with us today again from the bridge. My pleasure, Rick. Let me now climb back up on the old soapbox. Is it just me or has the concept of respect for opinions other than the ones I agree with completely gone out the window? Whatever happened to disagreeing without being disagreeable? Politics seems to be getting uglier and uglier by the minute. I used to say that people would say things on social media that they wouldn't say to someone's face, but that's becoming ancient thinking today. People will scream in your face if they disagree with your position or your opinion. Take the COVID-19 mask, for instance. If you want to wear a mask, I'm okay with it. If you don't want to wear a mask, I'm okay with it. But how about we stop yelling at people that do or don't? get over it. Most of us have had vaccines and many of us don't want to wear a mask anymore. I don't, but if you do, you get no issue from me. Even though I find it kind of funny to see someone driving alone in their car, wearing a mask. But that's too okay by me. To Virginia, Washington, D.C. and Maryland and found a wonderful old restaurant called The Honey Bee Diner in Glen Burnie, Maryland, right outside of Baltimore. It's been on Ritchie Avenue since 1952. And in those 69 years, has only had three different owners. It started as a classic car hop with waitresses on roller skates. Today, it's open 24 hours a day with the staff wearing T-shirts that say, the buzz never stops. Most of the waitresses have been there for years and years. They have a classic huge diner menu, homemade soups, daily specials, throwback food like chicken a la king, and of course, amazing breakfast. Charlotte had a veggie omelet, and I had ham and eggs with terrific grilled hash browns with onions and rye toast. Great bottomless coffee, The late former Baltimore mayor and Maryland governor, Bill Schaefer, was a regular there. And they once also served Elvis Presley. They said he arrived in a Cadillac and wore an all-white outfit with bell-bottom pants. No, he did not order a peanut butter and banana sandwich. The Honey Bee, a real classic diner on the road with Rick. It's great to be back both back on the road traveling again and back once again with you. We'll see you next week from the bridge.